as we were walking earlier, I mentioned um, our relationship is what I would call a one night stand gone wrong um, because I was not looking for anything. I just wanted to live my easy breezy life, you know, like rock up to a festival, Puck hook up, up with somebody because, yeah, I, I saw a sip over the fire. I was like, wow, yeah. <laughs> Don't want to go back to this. Yeah. It's getting hot in the studio now. <laughs> This is Frisky. Or the 60. We bring you stories about love, love and dating, dating in, in the North. North. I'm your host, Karen McCall, and I'm joined by co-host... Jordan Patrick. We're recording in Whitehorse, Yukon, north of the 60th parallel. Where it's winter seven whole months of the year. <laughs> you need to find someone to keep you warm, that's for sure. Okay, Friskies. Normally I'd be introducing this with Karen, but uh, we wanted to get this out on time, uh, which it still isn't, but it's done in a timely fashion. And in today's episode, I want to talk to my friend Cyprian and Michelle about their experience mushroom picking fire rails in the Yukon. But they also shared a great story of how they met in Kino City, a tiny community that was the site of a former silver lead mine. So we chat about that for quite a while. And then we get into the mushroom picking. Uh, they also mentioned in this episode two concepts I thought I would just kind of uh, preload listeners on. Um, one is PR, which is short for permanent residency. And for anybody not from Canada, um, it's a process um, that one must obtain in order to stay here permanently. And it could be a sometimes lengthy process. Um, so they share a bit about that, as well as freedom camping. Uh, freedom camping is essentially camping for free on public land. Um, it's camping in a tent, a car, a camper van um, with no facilities, like no showers, no toilets. So we dig a little bit into the backcountry in this episode. Super stoked. And one plug I would like to mention is Frisky Nerd the 60 is organizing an online speed dating event on Wednesday, February 24th at 7.30 p.m. It's the first of its kind in the Yukon. Um, in case Valentine's Day wasn't a grand slam for you, check out the Eventbrite or our Facebook page for details. Um, my own experience of speed dating was, uh, I don't want to say life-changing, but it brings a smile to my face every time I think about it. It could be a lot of fun. You meet new people. You're not stuck with someone for the whole night, like a first date. Um, and it's well-organized by this company that we're working with. And so um, totally worth checking it out. Highly encourage it. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Cyprian. Today we're going to talk about everything from uh, the Kino Music Festival to mushroom picking in the middle of nowhere and everything in between, hopefully. All right, who wants to, who wants to go first? It's usually me. I'll go first. <laughs> Michelle, tell us about yourself. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what to... My name is Michelle from Northern Ireland. I'm 33 years old. Been in Yukon for three years, two and a half, three years. Yeah. And uh, the standard question is, what brought you here to the Yukon? I was typically just traveling through. Um, it was summertime. I came up with my sister. We were just living under the car, tenting, hiking, bombing about. <laughs> 
Michelle and I, oh, Michelle and I have an interesting story about how we almost met before I met Michelle and Cyprian as a couple, where I, I knew Cyprian before this, and I was driving up to Tuktyuktuk with some Italian friends, and Cyprian's like, by the way, my girlfriend is stranded with her twin sister in, where was it, Cyprian? Somewhere next to Inuvik, between no, Fort McPherson. Oh, yeah, Fort McPherson. She wasn't my girlfriend yet at that time. <laughs> Just, uh, I don't know we can get how to, to put it in proper words. But, yeah, I was kind of very worried about, like, them being stranded there because they, their car broke down, like, on a dumpster highway next to Fort McPherson, so pretty much in the middle of nowhere. And I was trying to organize some help for them, either for them to be able to drive down with someone, or I was offering also an to come and fix it. Yeah, to, to come and fix buy it. parts and come and fix it somewhere in a forest. But it was not a small fix. The axle was broken. See right. the axle. Yeah. Just one. <laughs> yeah. Just one though. <laughs> it was fine though. I hitchhiked to Anubek. I sold my car. I hitchhiked back down the dumpster. And so, because of like sporadic communication, and for listeners who don't know about the Dempster Highway. Um, it's this stretch from like close to Dawson City in northern uh, Yukon territories um, that goes. It's like, I don't know, how would you guys describe the Dempster Highway? It's a new road. Um, <laughs> it's got a lot of potholes. Um, you're not allowed to drive a rental car on it. Most of the rental cars specified do not drive on Dempster. Huh. I think that really classifies the Dempster. Rental, cars, are, rental yeah. cars are like, no. Bring a spare tire oh, and not uh, one. don't expect your windshield to, to make it out unscathed. Yeah. You need to be really prepared when you're going up there, especially in the winter. In the summer, it's not that bad, but at least you have spare parts you need to bring with you, maybe some food and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, survival, <laughs> which is kind of what we're going to get into a bit today. So Michelle's up in the Dempster Highway, somewhere around Fort McPherson. I think she's in Inuvik, and I totally, I think, drove past. You were in Inuvik at the time, and I was like, all right, I'm in Fort McPherson. I had a full car anyways, but yeah. that's Three Italians, our, I think. <laughs> yeah, full, full of Italians. And gear. <laughs> and uh, in Cyprian, um, tell us a bit about yourself. What brought you to the Yukon? So, yeah, I'm, my name is Cyprian. I'm 39 now, originally from Poland, but I've been living in Canada for like almost five years now, most of it in a Yukon. Why in a Yukon? Because, you know, the great outdoors, I don't know, beautiful scenery. You're a liar. <laughs> you came here for your PR. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's a Maybe bit you easier. You stayed up. for the outdoors. It's a bit easier here in the north than it is in the south, so yeah, for sure, it's part of the story. <laughs> and then I stayed. Yeah. That's great. And so, what did uh, what did you guys find yourselves doing when you first came to Yukon? Like, did you have to look for work, or was it sort of like a bit of adventure into the mountains? And because, um, from what I understand, like. Michelle, you were living out of your car. Yeah, I left. Point. Yeah, I'd worked in Calgary over the winter. Um, it came to like January 1st, pack up the car, let's go somewhere. Let's, you know, explore, have fun. Um, so yeah, I was very much like finding freedom camping spots and, you know, hiking and just kind of exploring. Going to festivals and... Yeah, which is a perfect segue into, from what I understand, where you guys met. Do you guys want to tell the story about what what brought the two of you together? Alcohol. <laughs> well, maybe some drugs too. <laughs> well, we like yeah, we met on a in a on a kino festival, which is like 
another 150 kilometers past Mayo. It's a dead end road. Officially, like there's eight people people living there. They call it Kino City. Full time living there. Yeah, but they have like twice a year. Like there are two festivals there in August and in September. We went there for the August one and... It's lovely, it's like a community one music festival. So it's, you know, all volunteers. It's like freedom camping again, you know, just no tickets, no... Yeah, free of charge. Yeah. yeah. I got there on a Thursday again with my sister, you know, like set up tents. Was there, a lot, of, was there a lot of people there for this music festival? Well, this was like... A few uh, hundred. What, five years ago or... No, no. No, this still would be... Four, 2017. Three, three or four yeah. years ago, yeah. And so, and so, how did you guys cross paths in this very small middle of nowhere? I mean, I guess it was pretty obvious, like, here's all the people. <laughs> well, so, like, it's not very easy for me to talk to the girls, but, like, I was just standing there in the middle of, um, yeah, in the middle of other people. And I started chatting to this one guy, like a German guy, traveler he also came he's originally from somewhere in manitoba i mean that's where he saskatchewan that's mm -hmm. where he's getting his papers and he just came up here to check it out so i started chatting with him and yeah we had a good conversation and he kind of introduced me to michelle and louise yeah because we had been there longer so we had been already talking to some people yeah. you know like him plus another few german people all the europeans pretty much just got together it was a, it was by a fire by the main fire yeah so we started chatting with i started chatting with michelle and maybe like after five minutes they started playing country music <laughs> and that was a bit weird on a punk festival <laughs> and i thought it's i thought about it as of a joke i suggested hey michelle do you want to dance and she said yes and then we just kept on dancing and I remember that I asked him to dance, but you know, basic, the basic tenants are the same. Different perspectives, yeah. same results, yeah. right? So, and here we are today. So, and the two of you are recently married. I think it's, what, been about a year now or so? A bit, almost a bit, two. Yeah. Almost two. Almost two. Was a In fast, it's going to be two. Yeah, yeah. romance. A fast romance. Yeah. It was extremely fast romance. <laughs> so as we were walking earlier, I mentioned um, our relationship is what I would call a one night stand gone wrong um, <laughs> because I was not looking for anything. I just wanted to live my easy breezy life, you know, like rock up to a festival, Puck hook up, up with somebody because, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a step over the fire. I was like, wow, yeah. <laughs> don't want to go back to this yeah. it's getting hot in the studio now <laughs> but yes so we danced you know like one thing led to another blah blah but he was camping like pretty close to the the speakers it was so loud that you know maybe like two or three o'clock in the morning i'm like i'm gonna go back to my own tent so i hightailed it out of there um the next day then yeah i waited i waited like maybe one o'clock and i was like he's probably going well after out. midday yeah, yeah yeah i was like you know, kind of snuck out from my little kind of private area just to use the outhouse, you know, like come come back. I actually had coffee like on the brew, like on the on the campfire. It was like the water was heating. I'm just going to run to the outhouse and back. And I was waiting there for her for like already three or four hours by then. 
just waiting steadily waiting looking around like doing some small explorations here and there to find her car and to find her campsite or something you because she mentioned she had a honda crv so i was looking for it with for an alberta plate yeah but yeah i wasn't able to find it because like people park there everywhere so i was just like yeah i set up this trap next to the outhouse and was standing there and sitting there mostly waiting and then yeah 1 p.m she showed up and even then you know like i was like oh hey you know so it was like do what you want to talk here? i'm like um i could stop for a minute you know i have coffee brewing didn't invite him back to for coffee either it was very much like he was he handed me his number i'm like cool what was going through your head at that moment michelle escape escape run 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 <laughs> But the conversation like we, we had there, it was maybe like 20 minutes after all, and mm. it was pretty nice. And, and then I was, some I was staying with Dawson. Made, yeah, no promises for me, actually. I know you marry me. No, no, yes. not, not that kind. Made. No, no, not that kind. That no. maybe we, sh we could meet one day if she's not passing true. by, by yeah. through Whitehorse or... I took your number on and the I way left. back. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but I spent like, so I was driving back to Dawson and so I was driving back to Whitehorse. About three hours, four hours each of a drive. But yeah, the whole drive pretty much back, I was thinking about him. And so when I got to Dawson, I decided to, to text him. Mm. And then the rest is, is history, as they say. Yeah. And so it was only after that encounter that then, like maybe a week later or something, I was going up to Dempster. And that's how you come into it. So we were not, <laughs> we, we were a hookup oh. at that point. At that point, I knew her only for like a few hours and yeah. Where, where they had that accident in Fort McPherson. Things, things move, things can move fast in the Yukon. You know, Cyprian's like, hey, Jordan, can you pick up my girlfriend, Michelle, with her twin sister? And her entire life in a car. <laughs> you know, and I think that's a great segue. Like, um, fast forward to the past summer. Um, and I understand that the two of you spend some time mushroom picking. Mm. It, that's a thing in the Yukon. Yeah. Sure is. It was our first time. Uh, and probably, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, it wouldn't have happened. Because I was supposed to go back to work in May. And then friends of ours were planning this trip. Um, again, one of them had done mushroom picking before. Um, yeah. yeah, only one time themselves. And so, yeah, like they had already been looking at the fire maps. Like, so the wildfires that had been burning the airport. They had some kind of a plan already. Mm. Where to go and so what kind, of, kind of equipment we were going to need. So we went there all together and we did it for like almost two months in total <laughs> so two months uh picking fire morels yeah. which you know fetch a, a good price from what i understand uh, fluctuating market but still walking out in nature collecting for one month we've been mostly waiting not really picking because they were not there yet <laughs> yeah the main spot that we went to like we set up camp we we built a dryer you know like and every day we would go out looking for mushrooms and because we had never picked before i was like staring at the ground like afraid i would miss them you know i didn't know what really what they looked like i'd never picked any mushrooms before <laughs> so i was like staring into this fire like super eyes wide desperate to find them after day after day after day no nothing Wow. Climbing over like trees that are like up to my chest, you know, like very... Yeah, def definitely it was a bit demanding, like living in a bush for two months with yeah. no facilities around well, and tell, just little tent. Tell us, a bit, tell us a bit about that, Cyprian. What, uh, what was like, give us a, a picture of the daily routine um, doing mushroom picking in remote wilderness 
it depends on the person, but usually we were just like getting up around eight or something, having like a communal breakfast, then head out to the bush to try to find something, go back around midday, have lunch, chill for an hour or something, and then go back to the bush and try to something and find something more <laughs> if there was anything. And then in the, at the end of the day, you go back, you're pretty tired because you've been walking in a forest all day long. In a burnt forest, you're black as hell. Don't like, forget about the bugs. I mean, like all, you know, from the dirt, from the ashes, beaten everywhere. Yeah, the mosquitoes are always crazy in settings like this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sounds pretty rugged. So, Michelle, you you and Cyprian decided, hey, this is something we're going to do. What were your thoughts like before getting into this, not having any idea of what this would be like? Yeah, pretty nervous, you know, like just because I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak anyway. So the whole like not knowing what to expect, not, you know, having any clue. Um, I find it a bit nerve wracking. I was glad actually that Sip, you know, because we at one point Sip was maybe not going to come along. Um, we were fighting and it was maybe best. We, we thought it might have been best if he did not come. Um, but I was glad he came. You know, he is actually probably much more comfortable in the wild than I am. Like when it came to like the chainsaw, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch a chainsaw. All three other people, you know, like were doing chainsaw stuff. And I'm just like, I'll stay over here and not get hurt. Um, and and even then I cut my finger or... open. <laughs> Sorry, Sabrina. And make some tea or... I didn't make that much tea. <laughs> I'll read my book by the fire. I'll keep the fire going, you know. Or check the internet. We found out that we had a really good internet reception there, like, you know, because the mast was not far away from the place. After, like, a couple of days, realized that, oh, we have internet here. And, Which is know, a weird, You're yeah. deep in a booth, and then you have, like, five bars. Oh, wow. That's so this, well, so these, these places to go pick mushrooms, they're not, they're, like, they're pretty accessible. Like, could people park their car on the side of the highway and then hike in for a bit? It all depends. Usually not. Usually... Yeah, you need like a good kind of a vehicle, four by four. Some people bring over like quads or, or, or boats or canoes. Depends on a setting, on, on, on a specific location. That's how we ended up at our first place because it had like really good road access. So it seemed the most accessible. Um, but yeah, in the end, like we end, the, the most productive was probably on the Stuart River where we had to like hitchhike on a boat almost. Because we had none of our own. And the river was really high, you couldn't canoe it. So we ended up kind of getting up at six and somebody would drive you for like, I don't know, $20 or something, was it? Yeah. Like they would drive you to a place and then pick you up in the evening time. So it sounds like there's like a an established market, right? Different mm. people filling in the demand to like, yeah, get you from point A to point B, someone to kind of lay out where are the places to go. So you and guys were some... And the buyers, right? Yeah. So you guys had some friends with you on this trip. Mm. Um, how... What was it like two months, um, like social dynamic wise? What, how, it, maybe let's hone in like on the relationship. Like what was it like, what were like some of the, the, the great things about being out in the middle of nowhere together as a couple? And what were maybe some of the, the difficult things? I don't know, Michelle, do you want to take a stab yeah, at sure. that first? Um, so the other couple, we were with them for the first month and then they had to return to Whitehorse and then we were alone. <laughs> Um, but yeah, for me, I guess there's a couple of things that come to mind. So number one, maybe is that I actually really enjoy not having, you know, kind of constant internet access, that sort of like half presentness, you know, like where people are scrolling on their phone and have like, you know, ting, 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 like lots, lots of options. And like, so they're not really fully present and until, um, 
until April of this year, like Sip and I didn't have internet in our cabin either. So that was only like, we got that kind of because of COVID. So whenever we left was like the end of May. So we'd had two months of the internet and I was already pretty sick of it. Um, so, and even though we did manage to pick up internet when we were out in the bush, you know, you're still limited by data and by um, charge on your phone because we didn't have, you know, like we're not Way of charging plugging it in that much. And, you know, Emergencies so, only. Yeah, so it's like, it was really nice because you can still stay connected to the other people in your life that matter. You know, like you're not, because, you know, I was a bit concerned that there would be some sort of emergency with family or something would happen and you're not contactable. You're like, I'm just in the bush. Did something happen no, while you are on this No, but trip? it's like, <laughs> it's just like this idea that you are, like they can't reach you. You know, nobody can, mm. you know. Um, and so having like a little bit of internet, I could stay in contact with the sister that I mentioned I was traveling with, who's now in China, you know, like, so I could stay connected to other people, but but you're much more present in, in the, when you're not online, you know? Like you maybe have, you know, like a half hour of online time and then no more internet. Mm. So luxury. Yeah, so you're sitting with the fire or you're, you know, or you're just doing jobs, you know? And the whole motion, like picking experience I found kind of nice because you're, you're there, but you're not on top of each other, you know, like you're kind of, you're taking care of each other, but you're not smothering each other, you know, so you're not actually within usually talking distance, you know, like you have a way to whistle in case we got lost. Because uh, you kind of, you follow where the mushrooms lead you, you know, like sometimes you get a vein and you, you start picking and you forget about everything. It's so addictive. Mushroom picking is so, you start dreaming about mushrooms, honestly. It becomes, <laughs> you see them everywhere. <laughs> Even places that aren't like burned, so that you know they're not there, but you're like, oh, stop, no, stop, you know. Um, so for me, yeah, like there was a lot of, you know, being kind to each other, you know, because it is kind of tough. And, and in that way, like Sip maybe took more of the physical brunt of like when we were picking a lot of mushrooms, you know, like he would cry maybe more, he would, you know, and I, you know, maybe that's not usually our dynamic at home. Like I tend to be more the one who takes care. So it's kind of nice to be, you know, taken care of. Yeah, you were kind of going out on a limb, um, like with this new experience, mm -hmm. remote, you know, risks inherent there. And, uh, and then, you know, Cyprian with a, a bit more experience in that, able to kind of step in, step up and, make it a little like you know from what i'm hearing like kindness like you just said mm -hmm. counts for a lot when you're tired it's physically demanding you're isolated yeah um you know none of the comforts uh, did it get pretty cold up there too or was it sometimes but you you know it's in the middle of a summer so now you cuddle it, if it's cold you, you cuddle know, if it's raining and you get you wet, you, it can get cold but for me what was like really precious about this experience for our relationship is that like we were totally dependent on each other like so we when we went out to the booth on ourselves we were equipped with some basic survival equipment like again it's the birds like gps you know whatever but like still if like one of us you know breaks a leg or something happens then you rely on your partner to go back to the camp and it, it was yeah, it was nice experience to to have that. Mm. To trust and rely on your yeah. partner and to have that bring you guys closer together. Yeah, I think it was good for us. I think listeners might be wondering. So you guys went in arguing and fighting, and and well, you're here today, assuming things worked out. Was that like? Were there a lot of opportunities, Michelle, to kind of dig in deeper into relationship stuff when you guys were out there or was it just know, yeah like... i think it was the opposite i think there was just a lot of opportunities to just kind of like to just be and not have to like communicate everything and not have to you know it's you just 
actually probably become more quiet. You probably talk about less, but you know, you're just there with each other and you're kind of focused on a common goal. Maybe that's it. That's, you know, like you Common both... goal and survival. Yeah. <laughs> common goal is survival, <laughs> you know? So it is, you know, like you're, you don't, yeah. And sometimes you're just, you're so tired. You don't want to talk, you know, like it's very much the talking is like, who's cooking dinner? And even that, we kind of had a system, you know? But when it was the other couple, it was like, we would cook one night, they would cook one night, we would cook one night. And we had like, we had like tons of supplies too, so too many. What yeah. kind of uh, what kind of preparation did you have to do, Cyprian? Like equipment wise, um, to get out there and do this. Except of like basic, you know, obvious things like as I'd like to talk about food. Like what was really good for us to pre- like that we prepared it was like dried food. So we dehydrated food before we took off, and we dehydrated like quite a bit. So that helped us, mm. like, eat you know, better. eat better for sure, because like, you know, there are no shops there. And if you take some fresh produce, it's going to go off in a matter of days. And then you're left with noodles and pasta and <laughs> vitamin deficiency and, and, and beans. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess, I don't know, like you guys, was it worth the the effort, the time? Would you guys do it again? I think it was a lovely experience, you know. Um, Unfortunately, nothing has burned this year in the Yukon. So. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, wildfires has been an issue yeah. for years up here, but uh, not this year. Yeah. Not this it was a year. very wet summer. So, if you want, this, if we want to do it this year, we have to go protect in Okanagan yeah. area. They had a big fire like late in the season. So, but it was it was. A, a lot of learning experience as well you know like and that's kind of maybe where the bios came in of like they would first time we went you know like they were like these ones are shit and you're like why you know so you know oh if they're wet and they're buggy oh you have to find a way to do this and and after a while they would stop buying because there's like four different types and they wouldn't buy the black ones anymore and you know so or the white ones or yeah you know oh, we don't like this one yeah so just yeah. bring only those and i think <laughs> i ran into cyprian at the superstore parking lot and he just had like come to my car, Jordan. And he, and he had all these plastic bags full of mushrooms. They're like, oh, this one, mostly good. Yeah. And, you know. God, I hope it wasn't plastic bags. You're supposed to keep them in, like, paper bags. They were probably paper bags. Yeah. I'm going to go benefit of the doubt here. I can't remember. So would you guys do anything differently about um, going out mushroom picking next time around? I probably wouldn't have stayed so long at the place where there was no mushrooms. Once we had built the like the dryer, we were so commended, you know, we were like that was any base. moment now, you know, like we'd put all this effort into preemptively building, like we were so prepared that it was like we were really committed to it, we were really attached to like our camping spot to like where we were. So it was lovely by the river, you know, mm. by a creek because we went camping in the flat fern. spot, yeah. beautiful big trees. Yeah. Not not an abandoned spot, but like in the actual green forest. That you don't get it often, like when you're going mushroom picking, because usually you just camp in the ashes <laughs> between fallen yeah. trees. Which is what we did the like, second time. <laughs> it's very scenic. Like no, it's something not. from a it's like a apocalyptic, yeah. you know, dystopian fiction. <laughs> um, do either of you guys have advice for couples thinking to do some sort of backcountry long term? maybe yeah maybe foraging as well but any anything that comes to mind about what you would warn couples before going out or encourage i mean i think with anything like this 
of course it helps if you're patient. I'm not particularly patient. Um, and if you're not patient, then, you know, try to be kind. It's like, I, I heard a podcast recently, I think it was, and they mentioned about just taking that extra moment to say things in a kinder way. You know, so instead of like snapping, you can you can say things like, hey, you know, if we leave a bit earlier next time, we won't miss our flight. Uh, <laughs> maybe like that sounds passive aggressive maybe when I say it, but you know, just saying things kinder. I think a good way of preparing to like this kind of trips, etc., is just to read a lot of blogs and you know things in, on the internet where you can find a lot of really useful. Yeah, hints you can probably find like a whole yeah. checklist of what like. Yeah. So if you're prepared, obviously people, is the most important yeah. thing to yeah. me. You know, if you have the proper equipment, if you know how to use it. Yeah, I mean, nothing like showing up in the woods when you're both, you know. <laughs> both afraid of different things maybe and then whoa we don't have any preparation that, yeah. that that's probably a speedy relationship ender mm. you know <laughs> i would imagine yeah i would imagine you're turning each other pretty quickly <laughs> cannibalism <laughs> maybe Four not quite <laughs> I, I remember reading quite quite a bit before we we took off like a lot of internet blogs from yeah, people that did it before to know exactly what we're gonna need. And I looked up what pictures of what a morel mushroom looked like. Yeah, because I never, I never, <laughs> never seen it before. Luckily, it's not like it's the only thing that's growing. Pretty much, you can't poison anybody. You can't pick the wrong one. There is like one thing that you can pick wrong, but it's very obvious that it's not that. But yeah, I was like, what is a morel mushroom? And we had a lot of morels as well because you know a lot of the rejects or a lot of the you know, you're just having them in your omelets in the morning time. Expensive yeah. omelets. Here you have it, folks. Right from Michelle's mouth. Look at photos of what you're trying to pick before you attempt to put it in your yeah. mouth. Um, I really appreciate you guys coming in today and sharing your experience for our podcast. This podcast, as well as music, was produced by myself, Jordan Patrick. Have you got any comments, opinions, feedback? Or do you just want to be interviewed for our show? Lend us your perspective. Lend us your voice. Send us an email at uh, friskynorthus60 at gmail.com. That's friskynorthus60 at gmail.com. We're looking for sponsors. Have you got a product or event that you think other Yukoners would dig or just couldn't do without? Communications are open, so fire us an email. Until next time, keep it frisky.